Welcome back to the Beers and Series podcast. This is episode three of the 2018 season, and boy, that wasn't a good win. I don't really know. Was it a good win, John? A win's a win. That's how I'm going to say it, but it was not pretty. You sound like our head coach and how winning is very hard, which he's not wrong, but it shouldn't be that hard. And no, I hate, I, I hate saying a win's a win. It's like it makes me cringe every time I think that we almost lost to Tulsa. It's yeah. Disgusting. The score is a little misleading, but we'll get into that later. Let's get into just the normal business that we always do. Big shout-outs to everyone um, who's been sending the koozies and the Snapchats of every uh, koozies and talking to us, texting us, leaving us voicemails. We really do appreciate it. We, we are kind of one of our goals this season was to make this more fan-orientated. Uh, we can only just sit here and jabber, jabber with each other for so long, and we need y'all's input to make this a little more fun, a little more enjoyable for everyone. So we really do appreciate that. Keep them coming. Please keep the voicemails coming. After uh, 6th Street on Friday or Saturday, call us up after the game. Leave us something funny. We'll probably play it if it's good. Uh, That number is 802-487-6107. Again, 802-487-6107. We've got some updates on the T-shirts and koozies. Those are in the works right now and we'll have those ready for OU. I'm hoping um, we can just uh, take orders leading up to OU and have those delivered to y'all. Um, I, I, if you're coming up to OU or maybe we can, I don't know, pay uh, someone to deliver them to wherever you live uh, in the country. I don't know if we have that in the budget, but yeah, you know, we, you know we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We, we, we're pretty good at figuring, figuring stuff out. I but, think we could, you, you said we, we've, you know, we don't jabber on much. I think we could jabber on a little bit longer. But yeah, yeah, that's probably true. We could probably jabber on about UT for probably 24 hours. It really depends. I mean, I know it's like typical to say, but like it really depends on alcohol consumption and like what mood both of us are in. But Yeah, if we're depressed, it, it could go on for It could go on for a long time and it gets real dark real quick. But not this week. We're only getting kind of dark. So we... Uh, it's getting gray. It's gray. We're, it's gray. We beat Tulsa, question mark? I mean, beat wait, is a strong wait, word. Shout out. We, we, one more shout out. We, oh, are, yeah. uh, we are about to hire a marketing person. Yes, she, we are. She is not going to be named because that's just, just doesn't need to be named. Correct. But if she's listening, uh, like five minutes into this episode, which I assume most girls turn it off at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're past that. There, there are you, we are yeah, yeah, we we definitely lost about <laughs> half the people. <laughs> we haven't said a joke in three minutes, so we're, we're done. But... Uh, if you're listening, you know who you are. We're, uh, we'll reach out to you, and we'll get this marketing back on on track. We've been a little off track with our marketing, so we 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 spoke the other day to our marketing agent, and uh, I think we're gonna have an Instagram page set up too, and that'll be uh, her job. But Insta chat. Once we get that set up, she will be a fully part of the team, and we'll be receiving many a shout outs. Also, shout out Thomas Rochelle again for being kind of boots on the ground for this past weekend. John and I were both. Oh yeah. Bad fans. Neither of us could make the game, unfortunately. It's been a while since that's happened. So we, yeah, dude, seriously, when was the last time neither of us were at a home game? Damn. Um, uh-huh. And so, big shout out to Thomas. Uh, all I'll say to you is just listen to the end of the uh, end of the podcast as we're fading out and uh, what comes on. That's our kind of little token of gratitude to Thomas. But uh, yeah, his Snapchats. You're, they're big shout out. Those were awesome. Those were great. Um, very big J journalist documenting everything that's going on <laughs> with uh, with Del Connie's new revamped stadium. But let's jump right into it. Let's go into the game. Um, we beat so we Tulsa, kind of. 
It was the Golden a, Hurricane. The Golden Hurricane, singular. Don't let Lol Glinda. Fl- First off, okay, did you oh, yeah. see that video? <laughs> yes, he 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 messed up and he tweeted out like. Oh, I was talking about something else. It just was bad timing. No, it wasn't. No, bad timing. it wasn't. You were talking about the, the product on the field. God, and I you hate almost you. just got fired. He is just such a midget. I hate him so much. He's so worthless. I hope. I mean, like, I'm fine watching the Longhorn Network burn for a lot of reasons, but like, he is might be number one because he. Yeah, the Longhorn sucks. Network is. It's, how many years do we have left of that? Because uh, it needs to go. Like. 12. I think it signed in 2020. No, it, I don't know. Dude, it was signed in like 2010 and 2011. Yeah, so we should be pretty close to that 10 year or 15 year mark. But I thought whatever. it was 20 years. All right, we're going to get back on track. Yeah, Lowell, okay. he, that was bad. That Whatever. was bad. Lowell sucked in, uh, what's his name? Was it, it's not Rod Babers. Uh, Ahmad Brooks. Ahmad Brooks. He's okay. He's all right. But yeah, he's the kind of guy you see on like ESPN2 randomly later in the season. You're like, oh, you're the Longhorn Network guy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're like, oh, the Texas, no, nothing on Longhorn Network? Just the Rose Bowl being played again? Okay, cool. Yes, ship us over to ESPN. But <laughs> let's go into the game. I mean, it, it was like two different games to me. The first half, I, the offense looked great. Defense pitched a shutout, even though they had a couple pretty good breaks, four missed field goals, and yeah. a drop touchdown pass, which still would have been touch, tough to contained, but still, nonetheless, yeah. it was a drop. Um, but the we, offense was we, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we were like a well-old machine. We were sticking to our scheme, which was nice. First time I think I'd seen that since I don't even know what game. I mean, West Virginia last year where we actually stuck, stuck to a game plan. But Yeah, and also knocked um, out their starting quarterback. But yeah, true. Nonetheless. True. But, um, we looked like we should versus an inferior team, which was really cool to see. I was like, all right, here we go. First quarter, we're dominating. Like, this could be a blowout. And then the second half started, like you said, um, to two different games. But um, the, the defense just obviously got so tired, and I get that with uh, credit to the Tulsa offensive coordinator and kind of coaching staff on that side. Um, they That was exactly their game plan, was to try and, you know, get a few breaks early, which they didn't, and we got the breaks. Um, a couple of you know, deep balls, big catches, and they uh-huh. didn't get those, and then wear us down and wear down the defense with quick, you know, screens outside, quick runs, hurry up offense, all that, and it works. I mean, to a T, uh, they were one score short. I mean, they get one more of those breaks or two of those field goals, and it's a freaking game. Uh, Over or under, how many jet sweeps does USC run this week? Oh my god, if they don't run less than ten, they're an idiot. I, every yeah, time I see. Jet sweep. I eight just and a half. Let's put it eight and a half. Yeah, I think eight and a half. That's probably good. And I even Tulsa, even Tulsa recognized it. You know what's um, bad is when they run it like two times in a drive, and then they start faking with it, and you're like, okay, when <laughs> when we've reached the point where you're faking with the jet sweep, like it's it's all lost. You know, uh, it's just crazy. But we'll get into we'll get into that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the second half, just defense just wore out, and offense just looked unthrilled. They're like, okay, yeah, we're up twenty-one nothing. We're this game's over with. Uh, yeah, the whole stadium just seemed like it was pretty much out of it. Yeah, it's, the first half it was rocking in there. Uh, I don't know what was going on. What was different? I guess, you know, just first game, you know, it's always loud like that. But still, yeah. uh, second half was – Shout out to Del Conte on, like, being creating yes, an environment. Yes, 110%. We will get to that uh, later on what we saw yeah. that was good. But let's just start with good let's, – let's, what, what, let's tell them what the new tradition or the new way, the new format We're gonna, We're going to switch it up a little bit this week. John and I have some talks on just kind of how to – lay out the game recaps. We're just going to kind of go good and bad, both offense and defense, player-wise, rather than just monotonously going through 
offensive line, running backs, receivers, quarterback, D-line, DB, linebackers, just all the way through. Hello. And then you're asleep <laughs> by about 20 minutes in. So we're going to change it up a little bit and just go good, bad. It's We're dumb. You're probably not very intelligent either if you're listening to this. So we're just going to make this as simple as possible. Let's start with the good. The good you on offense. Good. You go with your first good first. Keontae Ingram. Good. Damn. <laughs> he is the most electrifying Electrifying player on offense. LJH is in close And electronic. Second. He's definitely electronic for sure. And electronic. Uh, he's got that little just the Le'Veon Bell kind of hesitation, waits behind, it lets his offensive line develop, which on the well, good overall was the O-line. I thought they played well. But Keontae he's just t- – he just – yeah, he waits. You know, he's Le'Veon waits till he sees the hold and hits it and explodes. I mean, that touchdown run was something whew, we hadn't seen since, I don't know, when. Fozzie? Jamal, maybe like it's been a while to see some type of run like that. So oh, you know what? What are we talking about, Deontay? I mean, but it's a different type of run. Like Deontay would run you over. I don't think Keontae w- would do that. I don't think that's his preferred style. You know, say that ten times in a row. Deontay, Keontae, Deontay. Yeah, we're not we're not going down that. Uh, All right, it, it's just two different two different running backs to me. I, it, it's not the same style. I agree Deontay was, you know, obviously incredible, but um, Keontae is just a different, smaller, more elusive back that you're seeing more common of, especially in the spread offense, rather than the bulldoze you, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, Deontay Foreman. Yeah, no, that was going to be my first one, but I I like that. I mean, my second good on the list, and I think everyone can guess who it's going to be, was little Jordan Humphrey on the catch. Uh, he again, like we said last week, will be a name we're going to mention every week. Hopefully, uh, led the team in receiving seven catches, 109 yards, and a TD. Um, for I guess one catch was for 40 yards, but the TD catch that he had, where he pretty much pimped the guy and then ran over and just was like walked in the end zone to put us up 21-0, was awesome. That was that awesome. Was, all right, here we go. There's some more athletic guys on the field and I mean Tulsa so now that got me pumped up to see um you have some hot takes for his USC game but um yeah I think his was not I would say Keontae had the best offensive game but little Jordan was a close second yeah I agree with that um it is seeing him become like the true possession receiver from what he's like kind of gone through uh, I wouldn't have guessed it after his freshman year that he would be kind of the go-to guy in an offense receiver wise um, but he fits it perfectly. Uh, he knows how to find the open spots. When t- Sam's got a bunch of time, he knows how to create space in between him and the defenders, and it's impressive to watch. It's something you can't just teach, you know, um, and w- combined with his speed and acceleration and all that, he makes for a pretty damn good receiver, and I think a lot of defenses are going to start just keying off him completely. But uh, another good on my end, I'm always – Partial to these guys, but Sam Cosme, oh my lord, number fifty-two, right tackle. I think he's pretty much cemented himself as right tackle after that game. He played unbelievable. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's your left tackle next year either. Uh, him and Kersetter next to each other is very scary. Uh, it's, Does he have the speed to be a left tackle though, or the feet, the footwork? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Kersetter's got probably better footwork than him, but he's not as strong, mm-hmm. um, not as athletic. So I, I would take. 
it's a long ways away, but I would put him at left tackle if I'm, you know, 2019 starting, everything goes away. But he had a great game, a couple great outside runs, um, you know, when they put little Jordan in at quarterback or uh, oh, any, any of those kind of RPOs to his side. He had an awesome game, getting to the next level too. So How uh, would you grade uh, Erod's game filling in for Shaq? B plus. I mean, no bad snaps, nothing incredible. Um, wasn't he was picking up blocks, but I still think Shaq like he, the physicalness isn't there, um, the physical play isn't, but is he knows just the center position better. I mean, Erod is right guard. You kind of you're being told what to do and just do it correctly. Rather center, you have to kind of make more decisions. Uh, I don't think he's ready to be the full-time center, but he is this week because Shaq's out again. So he's got another big week in, in front of him. The D-tackles, USC will get into, but they're not incredible. So he should be able to handle himself. But going back, yeah, Cosme was another player I thought played extremely well uh, against Tulsa. So my next one is a, a lowercase good. So I'm going to say like just kind of a happy medium between the two. And a kind of a lame person to give that to, but Ellinger, I you know, had a much more um, efficient game. I think his he was a little bit more effective with some of the throws. I don't know how much of that was like game plan and whatnot, but a bunch of the Maryland throws, I was like, oh my god, this guy can't be can't hit a receiver to save his life. But um, ended up throwing for two thirty seven and two TDs, and then ran for one at the beginning of the game. But. Uh, <sighs> I just the execution, man. I, I think we kind of already hinted at it earlier. It's just not, not really there yet. And then the fact that we struggled in the second half is just disappointing. So you, you hate to hate to see that. With with Ellinger, what I saw that I loved was there's no like what the hell throws. Uh, and yeah. He made some really good audibles, like that big third down in the fourth quarter. That was all him. Uh, he had another couple good ones that he just read the defense perfectly. Made a quick audible to where the defense couldn't audible and they got the line you know and snapped it and executed on the play that's unbelievable to watch that's you know as a true sophomore and you're seeing that type of stuff is pretty scary uh if he's already that kind of cerebral in this offense makes me really you know even more think this is the right kid no matter what his record is or anything like that yeah it's a good sign of development from what we had last year where he saw his first first option and went to it immediately that fumble was awful that was by far the worst play of the game for Texas, but I, I think he's just – they've conditioned him to not run as much compared to last year. And I think normal if this is last year, he makes that run t- no matter what. Uh, this year he's kind of a little more conscious. He's got the shot clock on him, whatever you want to call it, and uh, he's just not, you know, thinking it. He's not – he's thinking more of uh, throw the ball if it's open uh, rather than just sprint and try to play hero ball. But unfortunately, yeah. that bit him in the ass. It sucks to see. I'm fine with him running over anyone this week. I don't. I don't care. All right, let's hit our last last few guys on offense. What else you got? I, the tight ends together. We'll just do them both together. But I, okay. I think Cade Brewer. I did not think he had a good game. He had two really bad holding calls that were not. You know, but one was on a 20 yard run that got called back, and another. Oh yeah. I can't remember how long the play was but like it was another positive gain on a run uh he's just not the blocking tight end that you want he's great split out wide he has soft hands he knows how to get open he's kind of that jason witten just a little shimmy shake here and then he's got great chemistry with ellinger um 
and soft hands as a tight end is an absolute plus. So he's your perfect Y kind of split out tight end. He's not your true inline guy. But on the other end, you had Beck. Uh, I think Beck's kind of the opposite. He's your great true tight end, H-back, blocking, pulling back, whatever you want to call him. Um, but he doesn't need to be out wide. I think anything in front of him he's going to get to and he's going to block well, but on those pulls and stuff, he's just not there yet. It's not a speed thing. It's just kind of a form thing. I mean, he just doesn't break down and get into the those guys second level. Um, and he's fast enough to get to the linebackers and safeties. He just needs to, once he gets there, hold on to it a little better. I, he's so close to being like one of the most pivotal parts of this offense, and it's just, I don't know. I need, I need to see it. Yeah. It's so important in this running game. My fear after watching this past week is that you become almost kind of predictable when Brewer is in versus Beck. Right. Deal. Yeah, um, I get that. I think one of them has to step up in, in both aspects of the offensive, offensive side of the ball. So I'm interesting to see how that plays out. Well, um, let's go to the other side. Um, yeah, let's you, do it. You had some praise for, uh, for our freshmen. Yeah, let me go and lead off this one. I think most people, I mean, first few minutes of the game, Caden Stearns, um, unbelievable game. I think he, like you said last week, his physical, uh, physicalness, physicality in the field. I mean, he he plays hard. I mean, it's it's, it's awesome. Um, he had some pretty nice hits and obviously the pick. Um, <clears throat> but I think he's also reading, I'm making reads that are uh, much. I mean, you know, you don't see freshmen make all the time. So, I mean, I don't remember seeing B. Jones make these reads last year, which is, which I mean, is a great sign for Stern. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does throughout the year. Um, he didn't get hurt at all towards the end of the game, did he? No, uh, not that I know of. No. Okay. Maybe I'll take it to somebody else. But uh, now, very. That was my number one on defensive side balls was Stearns. Yeah, I think my number one is this is going to be a little controversial. I truly don't think anyone on defense played that great. Uh, they were just so gassed at the end. It was very sad to watch. But I think my, you know, who I thought played the best on defense was Chris Boyd, um, which is so absurd to say. But, I mean, he locked down that – what was that guy's name? I can't remember. That number, like, 28 or whatever, was just their massive yeah. wide receiver who was, like, huge, like – had at least four inches on him and at least 30 pounds on him, and he locked him down completely. I mean, he played a great game. Obviously, the freaking running into the kicker, it, that was – you got to pay the Boyd tax like you always have to. I mean – That was that was his pass interference of the game. Right, exactly. But other than that, like, I, I don't know. I, I thought he played a pretty um, huge – I don't know, it's just a huge game for him. Uh, he, he had a big kind of – target on his back because he was locked up on that guy what was uh, Jerry and Anderson I believe is his name um, yeah I, I remember the number not the name because I was just not paying attention to Tulsa right well I mean who wants to pay attention to Tulsa but still uh, it looks like you know no uh, receiver for for Tulsa had over four catches so it was Justin Hobbs. That's who it was. Justin Hobbs is their stud guy, and he had two catches for 13 yards. That's it. So, I mean, he's a senior. He's got – he's 6'4", 230. I mean, he's got, yeah, at least 30 pounds and at least three or four inches on Boyd. So, I, that was my best player on defense uh, in my mind. Um, switching over to 
bad just because you're already at that position. Uh, Kobe Boyce and Josh Thompson was going to do them together. Uh, saw multiple times where they just got beat. I don't know. I don't know if it was a they weren't ready for the bear shoot and the throws off. I mean, I, I don't know, but the, the two throws that were thrown over them were very, especially Kobe Boyce. But um, I'm interested to see if they continue to struggle. I'm interested to see if Anthony Cook is any playing time, mm-hmm. especially with the new redshirt rule. Yeah. I mean, why not give the guy a shot? I wonder if it's a an attitude thing or what, because uh, I don't know. I mean, some of the other freshmen are all getting shots, like Brennan Eagles and all that. But right. Anthony Cook, the cream of the crop of this class, and he mm-hmm. didn't get a shot when both of those guys were struggling. So, And with Devontae Davis' health. So, um yeah, definitely give these guys a, a C or a, even a D for for the game. I agree with you. Uh, well, I agree with you on Boyce. I don't agree with you on Thompson as much. I thought Thompson played well despite that first touchdown over the top of his head. Uh, he's obviously one of the fastest guys on the team, and he plays with it. Yeah. Uh, the phys- or the, sorry, the mentalness, the mental game isn't there yet. But I, I've said this. If you listened last year, I am a huge Josh Thompson fan. I mean, like. I don't know what it is with me and these weird, like, second string, like, guys that I'm so affiliated with, with Shane and Josh Thompson, but they are both my favorite players on this team, and it's so weird. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I, I don't think Josh played as bad um, as people are probably giving him for. He That's such a tough position playing that, you know, nickel back in this defense, so uh, I was moving, you know, if, to me, I think bad was – Hager and Omenahu just on the pass rush. They played yes. well against the defense, but against the pass rush, it was awful. I mean, we didn't have one like true sack, one not even one like true pressure just from the you know those two guys rushing on their own. Uh, I was happy. There was no hurry. The, their, their quarterback was never rushed. No, I never. Mean, like, just, and you know, a couple bad contains on so third, third and fourth downs. Like, what the hell? Like that should be easy sack territory, and it's not. Uh, Charles Almanahill, I'll give him this, he owned up to it, and it, that he was one of the guys uh, in the press conference, and he was kind of like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, we're better than this. We have to step up. So I'm expecting Hager to come out with – I mean, he always comes out like a psychopath, but, like, even more this week. <laughs> I think it's, with him it's just a, a fucking, like, knowledge thing, man. I, I don't know if he just doesn't know what to do on certain plays, but he's got the athleticism and the, and the pride, but he just – he struggles sometimes, but yeah, I agree with the, on the, the pass rush. It, it's disappointing so far, um, and I think it's kind of, um, I mean, what is kind of a big part of our defensive struggles in the second half. But you could I kind of put that on the amount of time they were on the field in the second right. half. But I think it's something for everyone to keep in mind. Let's do one more small good and bad, or quick good and bad on the defensive side. I would say good. Um, I'll get your opinion on my bad, but uh, good. Anthony Wheeler led the team with tackles again. I agree. Um, so awesome. I hate, I'm liking, I love seeing that. It yep. Seems to be like he could become the leader of the defense this year. I still have trouble with them scraping to the sidelines on outside plays, but that's the entire defense. Whenever they see a jet sweep, they just don't know what the fuck <laughs> to do. But I, I agree with you. He's so much fun to watch. Just kind of clog up that middle and you know sweep sweep everything up on any inside run. And then my last one, uh, more indifferent than bad, but leaning towards bad, Gary Johnson. Um, mm, wow. 
Yeah, not I was not impressed. I had multiple players while I was kind of watching him, and he just like could not shed a block to save his life. And it was, I know it's such a random thing to pick on someone for, but like, I don't know. Whenever you just see someone just get swallowed up, and then you, someone runs right by them, it's really frustrating. I saw that two or three times. So that stiff arm I'm, at the end. That I don't know if you saw that play, but the he had the quarterback dead to rights, and you know, kind of sprinting on third and long. And their quarterback just stiff armed the shit out of him, and it was like one of those like, oh my yeah. god, like yeah. that was one of those places like we might lose this game, like this is you know not going well. Uh, but, they had all the momentum at that point, right? That's yeah. But uh, Gary, I don't, I agree, he hasn't played up to par as what we thought he'd be, but I still, he's still kind of the heart and soul, heartbeat of the defense. So I'm not going to put him that far down yet. Uh, I do agree the conditioning and just kind of. The overall lack of um, energy towards the end of the game was so bad and so concerning. Uh, not even a scheme thing. It's just like, like we're dead. We're not alive out there. Uh, that was more scary than anything. Yep. Well, overall, right, bad, bad it game. Up. It was just, I don't know. It's so scary to think that, you know, we're that we're one touchdown away from losing. <laughs> to Tulsa um, with four missed field goals. They have four missed field goals and eventually two drop touchdown passes, but, like, we were. Um, the end of the game... This is the state of our program right now, unfortunately, so it's a, a win's a win, like I said earlier, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it was just disheartening. I don't think it was one of those, like, momentum-type games, which maybe is what we kind of need. I, at this point... I, I don't. This team doesn't know how to really win or like keep on winning. So maybe if they just kind of keep on not winning, they turn it around. I don't know. I'm, I've got a weird. So I've got a weird just kind of outlook on the season. I, I haven't decided on really where it's headed yet. Yeah, I'm all over the place on my predictions right now. I don't know what to think. Yeah, but okay, let's go. Uh, let's talk more just kind of the overall game day environment, and then we'll get into some voicemails. But uh, so Thomas was there, and he was kind of our eyes and ears. And Bevo Boulevard, like, looked fun. Yes, uh, it looked really crowded. I mean, San Jack is not a wide street, but it was <laughs> like a burnt orange seat. I mean, it legit, like, there were people everywhere. And, you know, obviously, uh, hopefully that will catch on. And, and more and more people will become that will become their tradition rather than being mm-hmm. isolated areas around the university or around right. um, you know central Austin but I was very pleased to see uh, what I saw on Thomas snapchat so I hope CDC continues to to push for that and and continues to push for the items he did inside the stadium as well I uh, I saw a picture I just ran to a good family friend and they were there three hours before when the team walked in, you know, they kind of did like a, not like a tunnel, but they like, it looked like one of those SEC, you know, where they do, it looked like that walking through. And it was, I mean, all of San Jacinto was packed, absolutely packed. It was unbelievable. I was, it was a burn orange sea, and that's what we need. We need our players to have that kind of like excitement going. Of in. course, like the weirdo in me was like, "Wait, where did they walk from? Like, are they walking from fucking Durin? Like, where, like how how far are these guys walking? I don't want them I'm walking sure they, that far." They probably dropped them off. They dropped them off north, like north end zone, and they walked like from there. Okay, maybe that's true, but still, I was like, I I don't want them on their feet. That was the weirdo. 
football guy in me saying that. But uh, yeah, it, dude, it, you're getting really old, man. I know, I know. Inside the game, I heard it was awesome. I heard there was it was music, you know, during timeouts rather than stupid tiff treats like giving away based off dumb trivia and stuff like that. Yeah, like uh, Pizza Hut and shit. Right, uh, I've heard that's gone. Scott Fisher, see you, dink. Uh, you're out of there, you fat mf or uh you're gone uh, i'm so glad to see that that guy is so yeah worthless. that was getting old i was getting so old when i remember when cdc's um, initial press conference <laughs> he was like y'all do the the weather guy and you know after the first quarter like uh-uh that's gone see ya like <laughs> oh man everyone starts tweeting that scott fisher <laughs> it's kind of mean but it's kind of funny i don't really care no uh, it was it was very outdated and you know unnecessary you don't it kind of killed the any vibe was going on but um yep. I, I also heard the ads in general had been yeah, yes cut in half yes i heard that too i heard they were pretty much non-existent or you really had to kind of look for them um is kind of what i was what i got the impression from uh one thing that i'm kind of looking forward to this weekend i really hope it comes true is Del Connie was I and I think he would tell you that he wouldn't say it publicly, but I think if you would ask him kind of one on one as a fan if he did this, it, he'd say it was true. Is during big games at TCU at home, he would like intentionally crank up the music at the stadium. And I mean, I went to you know a bunch of TCU games and a bunch of like big games like at night when that that game when they played Baylor and it was like so raining and everything. Like it was loud. Yeah. It was so loud in there. And I'd been to other games there. You know, not even TCU games like that bowl game I go to pretty much every year, and it's not nearly as loud. Like there is an obvious difference in just pure volume. So I'm really well, hoping you know, that he cranks he it up. up. He knows what's up. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100. percent I mean, it's just incredible what he's done so far. Uh, everyone agrees. His presence on Twitter just makes it. It's just icing on the cake on him. But uh, I was okay. So I was thinking the other day. I was like, he's been there for what? I don't know. Six months? Not even. And he's yeah, already something like that. he's already made all these changes. He's supposedly fired ten percent of the athletic department, which I mean, sure, why not? Uh, anything with Patterson or leftover probably needed to go four years ago. But okay, he's made all these changes with football, and after one week, everyone is saying this is the greatest thing ever. Can you imagine what basketball games are going to look like? Like it's going to look like a different team. It's not going to look like Texas. No, that's exactly what we needed. It was the. the what had worked for so long was no longer working mm-hmm. um, at in Austin, and they tried to make it the corporate, you know, business deal. To once uh, the loss was gone, they tried to make it with Patterson with a corporate kind of deal, and it just it didn't work. And now we are adapting to a new in our a live game experience. And if he can do this in a football stadium that, frankly, is too big. I can't wait to see what he does at, like you said, the new basketball stadium. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun to watch. It's going to kind of make me really want to go. Combined with Andrew Jones, I mean, that first game is going to be – if Andrew Jones is playing that first game, I hope he is. It's everything – he was in the photo last week and all that. It looks like he's going to play. If that first game, I might have to drive down for it. I mean, it, it'll be that big, you know. Go hang so, out with our boy A.J. Abrams. Yeah, <laughs> defense, bro. Uh <laughs> All right, well, let's turn it over. Let's get a voicemail real quick. This one is uh, from a good, good friend of ours. Let's uh, let's hear what he's got to say. This was kind of a long one, so this is only just a portion. I think there was some uh, beast. This is beast Texas. This is beast Texas. I think there were some uh, supplements added to this. To get root on the horns, but 
one of the things I was thinking of when I was going through this book, and whenever I went on a random Google escapade today, is we have one hell of a history. You know what kind of cool is if he, each week on the broadcast you could give us a, uh, a new fun fact about our history that maybe most of our viewers or listeners don't know. <laughs> we only wish we could be you guys, by the way. But I was looking today, Chris Prater, the kicker for the Arizona Cardinals. Nope, or, no. <laughs> yeah, no, Phil Dawson for the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> 20-year career, $20 million net worth. UT had no fucking idea. What a G. And then also I was looking at the 1970 National Championship season, and I thought I was a pretty big Texas fan, but I guess I've glossed over this one fact that we lost the last game of the year. Interesting stuff. Really interesting. Love what you did. Keep that up. Hopefully the season takes turn for the better. All right, shout out to the Birdman Junior. That was a, that's a great video. He's got a good point though. I I, I like the uh, I did not know that we had lost that last game in 1970. Yes. Um, I did not know that fun fact, uh, and I I agree the fun fact of the week. So I kind of dig a little digging on my own, reading up to it. And John, do you know what number win this will be if we win on Saturday? Knock on wood. Eight. Oh, I do know this. I looked it up before the season. Oh, God, we're behind Michigan by, like, 40 wins. Uh, 8.94. Nope. 900 on the dot. Oh, that's pretty close. Do you know what number when the 05 National Championship was? Uh, 8. eight forty-five. 800 on the dot. So... This, if this is not kind of stars aligning, I really don't know what is. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. But, Bird, thanks for the suggestion. I think we should do that. Kind of a interesting fact of the week. Kind of like a Rodman fun fact of the day, but Beers and Steers fun fact of the week. Um, fun fact of my week that just kind of popped up in my head. I think I read it because our most hated Twitter guy, Brian Davis, tweeted it out a few Brian days Davis. ago. Apparently, we are 0-5 versus USC. And one of the we're technically zero and four because one of them was vacated. No, no, sorry. Other than other than the game, obviously, but it, it's we. Are, I don't think we've ever beaten them, other than the Rose Bowl. That no, we've beaten them once. But yeah, they they we're technically five and one if you count the national championship. But in USC, one and five, or sorry, one and five. But okay. in USC, I'm thinking from because I read this in USC's athletic like press book. In their okay. press book, they say that they are uh, five and one, and they're like, uh, uh, "What the Texas and USC played in the 05 season?" Don't even say the championship game, but this game was vacated due to sanctions. It's like, yeah. no, that was the national championship game, and uh, it still counts. So I like it. I like it, Bird. Let's do. We'll do a fun fact. Go, like go tell Vince Young that game doesn't count. All right, we got one more voicemail. What's up, guys? It's uh, Thomas here, so loyal listener of going on Legend. three plus years now. Uh, I got three questions for you. Question one: Why does Tom Herman always say that we play poorly because we want it so bad? Question two: Will he say it again this weekend? And last question: What happened to Beer of the Week? What the hell? All right, have a good one. Hook him. <laughs> okay, uh, let me tackle the first few questions. 
one, because Tom Herman is too smart for his own good. I think he tries to act all Mr. I know everything up in the press. He handles the press a lot better than Charlie ever did, but he's nowhere near as good or as political as Mac was. Yeah, that as, just shows how bad Charlie was, by the yeah. way. <laughs> or, but yeah, but Tom, yeah. What exactly? What, what exactly did he say? We wanted it too bad. We wanted it too bad. Yeah, that's a horrible, horrible thing to say. Like I, I saw the, the, it. Yeah, it's so so bad. And uh, I, I saw a thing on Twitter, and the guy was 100 percent right. He's like, if I could buy Tom and Tom Herman, Tom, ugh, if I could buy Tom Herman for what <laughs> for what he is worth, and sell him for what he thinks he is worth, he's like, I would be one rich ass motherfucker. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. <laughs> No, definitely a good question, Thomas. I like it. I like it. Uh, um, and then the third question, the beard. Uh, Stuart, I'll let you take that one. We have not done it because we are stupid. I don't know. I have no excuse not to. I'm sorry. We need to do it. We'll do it next week. That's my promise to you. We're probably going to forget. But I'll promise, I promise you now we'll do it that we'll probably forget. Yeah, we kind of had a good first year um, with beers. And then second year, we kind of dwindled off. This year, we haven't done it yet. But we'll, we'll get back on it. All right, thanks for the voicemail, guys. We really do appreciate that. Keep them coming. They're funny. They're interesting. Even if uh, yours doesn't get played, they're still very entertaining to us. Uh, yeah, keep them coming. Uh, they are, they are awesome. We just don't have time for all of them, but they they are they are hilarious to listen to throughout the week and whatnot. So, all right, let's go into it real quick, wrapping up kind of USC. Um, just quick little preview. True freshman at quarterback JT Daniels. He has more interceptions than he does touchdowns currently with two and only one touchdown. Uh, he got kind of banged up against Stanford, uh, but the offense as a whole looked terrible. They only scored three points, uh, and he threw two picks. And he got uh, injured, I think, there in the fourth quarter, but it came back. So very, 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 very fresh at quarterback we need to get to him get him uncomfortable have him throw a few picks uh talented at their right and left tackles but the inside guys are not nearly as good uh that's another big test for charles O and um hager good running back play but we just it's just not what it was like last year i can't remember that guy's name but he was a freak and ran all over us uh same with their wide receivers they're so talented and so deep last year they just don't have it this year uh, oh, Ronald Jones was the guy right Ronald almost. Jones, yeah. God, that guy was a freak. Uh, Remember the freaking play at the end of the half? Yeah. Oh, yes. Over the middle. And, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That was like almost, right, oh. over, right over Wheeler's hand. Yeah, that was awful. Uh on, on defense, their middle linebacker, I didn't do my homework good enough, obviously, because I don't remember his name, but he is very, very good and will probably go pretty high uh, in this draft. They have two good DNs, so big game for Cosme. Especially, I mean, his basically his second ever start, and he's got a stud defensive end looking at his face the whole time. Uh, they are weak in the DBs. They're not nearly as solid as uh, you think. That's probably their their weakness. Even uh, I believe Stanford even kind of lit them up. So uh, that's just kind of the quick and dirty USC rundown. Um, we'll kind of let's go into it. Expectations, John. What what are your kind of expectations? I'm in such a crossroads. I don't really know. Yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth all week. Um, after seeing the stats from their game against USC, it's clear that their offense is, is just as bad as ours at times. So I expect our defense to have a much better game. Um, 
in a full game, I think they. I mean, TL's going to get them all, get them ready to go, and I, I just don't see USC's offense that being being very electric. So, um, I think that that kind of whole prediction is dependent upon the defensive line finally creating some pressure. But I just I don't know what to think about our offense. So I'll let you take that side of the ball. Yeah, I. They just looked so rigid this past week against Tulsa. The only way they're going to win if they're having fun and this is a loose and confident team. Yes. I understand yes. that it's hard to be loose and confident when you've been so bad for a sub-500 team for six straight years. But listen, like you're playing college football. You're on national TV. You're playing against one of the most premier like powerhouses in college football. Uh, in front of 100,000 people. In front of 100,000 people in a game that doesn't matter – like have some fucking fun. Like I, I'd, that should be what Tom Herman is stressing this whole week. Like That's be smart, thing, play smart, play play fast, have fucking fun. Like yeah, I like it. it. I like it. It's so weird to say that, um, but I, it, that's the only way Texas wins. Um, there's no there's no pressure on us. Only pressure put on us is 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 pressure we're put on ourselves. Right, a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. It's ridiculous, but. Uh, hot takes. Well, I'll go first. Um, you kind of alluded to it for earlier, but I think Lil Jordan has over 130 <laughs> yards. He's just going to go off. And then on defense, Gary gets his gets his uh, swagger back and gets a strip sack. Uh, mine's going to be kind of lame, but kind of out there. Uh, Deshaun Jamison has himself a punt return touchdown. Ooh, no, I like that. We haven't seen, we haven't heard that in a while. I like that a lot. Okay, we've got uh, B Jones is back. Shaq is not. Del, Deli Adeoye is back. Don't I, I know I said that wrong. I don't give a shit. Uh, Devontae Davis is not back. That's our kind of injury front. But B. Jones being back is the big thing. I mean, that's huge. Uh, I'm, as a true sophomore, that shows you how good he is and how pivotal he is in this defense. But uh, predictions, John, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's, let's get, rip this band off. I hate going first in this situation, but I will – I'll say it. Um, I don't think our defense creates the pressure that uh, that Stanford created on their uh, quarterback, and I think they get out to an early lead, uh, 17-7 at the half, USC, and they end up winning 28-17. to But we come back to tie it at 17-17, and then we just can't finish. That's, mm. that's, why, that's my prediction. I don't know how they're going to – Score eleven points, but okay. Uh, I seventeen seventeen, and then they get all right. I changed that to thirty one seventeen. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I've gone back and forth so much, but I just I don't have faith in this offense um, just yet. I, the talent is obviously there, but you got to see a completely different run game and really open up the passing game. It's there. It's hundred percent there, but the defense not getting tired like this past weekend, get, not getting run over, and uh, maybe defending a jet sweep or t- three or four. I, I'm going to go USC 24-17. That's going to be a kind of – I agree with you. We're we're down big at half, kind of fight back, but we're ultimately just – it's too far away and run out of time. That It's going to sting. It's going to hurt, but oh, – God damn it. Hopefully we're both wrong. Let's just yeah. say that. I'm, I hope wrong. I am 100% wrong because I don't know. I want to party. I want to have fun. And saying that, I hope everyone gets up there and just has an unbelievable environment. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Like, USC had a large crowd last year. We need to 
make that match that if not be even crazier because this is an awesome game um the reason why you schedule these is is for good games so there's no reason why dkr should not just be packed and loud and creating a home field environment that we that our team deserves all right let's get into it games of the week first off game day at tcu actually in the uh on the campus, not at downtown, which is interesting. TCU at Ohio State, seven o'clock on ABC. The big, the big uh, game of the week. Uh, Ohio State's minus twelve. Uh, this is TCU's biggest non-conference game ever, I think. Definitely not for Ohio State, but uh, without Urban, I think they'll be ready to rock for sure. I just don't trust TCU's offense yet. So I'm, I'm saying TCU's to cover, but not to win. See, I, I think Ohio State wins and covers. I agree, TCU's offense struggles. I think they keep it close, but Ohio State at the end of the day, um, it prevails and probably wins by 14. Ooh, ooh, okay. Uh, uh, LSU-Auburn, the 2.30 CBS game this week. Auburn's minus 10. Um, this one's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, you've kind of had your notes about Stidham and how great he's been. I think he's such a stud. If I had to change my Heisman pick, which I'm not going to because I'm a man of honor and integrity, I would change it to yeah, them. My ass. <laughs> yeah, I, mean. I think. Uh, I don't know, man. I think uh, you you you're kind of down on LSU, but I'm down on LSU. I, I think Auburn wins, but does not cover. Ooh, okay. I think Auburn scores a touchdown late to push the cover over. Um, U of H at Tech. I believe it's at. I love this game. Is this, this at is 11 game or 2.30? I can't it's remember. It's 11 a.m. 11 a.m.? Okay, then this, Lubbock will not be rocking because it will be still so hungover. U of H is minus one. I think U of H wins big. I think you and I are both on the same side here. Ed Oliver might have, like, four sacks. Like, and it, this might be the beginning of the end for Kingsbury. He, he yeah. could be out on, on his ass after this one. But not, not after this game. Not after this game, sorry. After this season. In all reality, like – even losing this game, and U of H is not bad. They they've, no, they've not. proven to be a good team. So like, I, I think Kingsbury has some has a tough Big Twelve schedule um, that ends up being the reason why he gets fired. But this game will not help, and U of H will win um, a close one in in Lubbock. Uh, Bama at Ole Piss. Bama's minus twenty one, which is a lot for SEC conference game. I believe this is the night game as well. I think it's at six, not at seven. Two is going to have like five touchdowns over the air, um, maybe another one running. I, I think Bama covers this big. Uh, Ole Miss has some really good receivers, but I, th- did they have time to throw? Probably not. I, I'm Bama big. See, Ole Miss has uh, scored a lot of points this year. They beat Tech by a lot, and then you meet some God knows what team by. I think they scored like 77 points last week. So the Ole Miss offense is there. Um, I just don't think they can stop to it, and I think. Bama's defense will kind of set the tone early. I think Bama covers um, and wins this game. Bama has three conference losses in the past four years, and two of those are to Ole Miss. So. Yeah, so they do not. I mean, last year they stopped them like 77 to three or something. Right. All right, well, that's it. That's week three. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Send us Snapchats. Leave us voicemails. If you come up to us at the local and you can tell me with the name of the song that is playing currently, I will buy you a beer, but not a pro snap. All right, see y'all at the game. Okay. Summers in Kentucky, they were hard to beat. 
25 years later our lives have changed Meeting girls on the road who are half my age Sometimes I blink them out the creek when I'm on stage Summer's in Kentucky, man, I miss that place 